Roger Rashid coming up shortly and we'll break down the victory from Novak Djokovic last night against Australian Alex Dimonor. He did it, uh, well, he was in imperious form. Was the nine-time Australian Open champion, 6-2, 6-1, Amongst the results there yesterday, uh, Andre Rublev will be Djokovic's next opponent. He beat Holger Rune, the ninth seed, in five sets. But, gee, it was a thrilling finish Real, real um, swings and roundabouts there in the fifth set. In fact, uh, it was 7-2 down, uh, Rublev, in the super tiebreaker in the deciding set and fought back to win that uh, thrilling match. And last night, Steve Smith, another fantastic performance to be player of the match, 66 off 33 balls. He hit six sixes as the Sydney Sixers beat the Hobart Hurricanes by 24 runs. So just tuning up for that huge Qualify final against the Perth Scorchers over in the West. And that is on Saturday. And the winner of that match will host the Big Bash final. Um, just a, a story, a footy story I've just seen this morning in the Herald, courtesy of Michael Chemis at the Bulldogs. He's reporting that Eels recruit Hayes Perham and not Jake Avarillo. is the leading contender to play fullback there in round one for the Dogs. Of course, the news over the weekend was they had secured Stephen Crichton for 2024 onwards from the Panthers. But uh, this season, uh, still got some, you know, some question marks in their spine. Uh, but it uh, looks like uh, Hayes Perham, according to this report, is going to get first crack. Yeah, I probably um, think that'd be true. Um, you know, the reports I get with young Jake Avarillo, he's not quite the talker, um, and you need someone that's very vocal at the back of the the field. And we spoke about it earlier about you know being able to communicate is so important in terms of making sure your defensive system is connected. Um, and if you're not doing that and you've got no one vocal at the back of the field to organise that, then uh, you could struggle. And, you know, not only that, but you've got to be able to work with your half and five eight and hooker about identifying weaknesses in the opposition, you know, knowing where the back three are, where the winger's tucked, where the winger's back, you know, whether full-back's controlling the centre of the field or whether he gravitates to one sideline, uh, preferably over another. So there's a lot of things that go into being a fullback and they've obviously given Avarillo a crack and um, they feel as though um, you know, Perham is a better option at, at this stage. So, uh, you know, it, I think he's a really good player, Hayes Perham. I think he showed some ability when he was at Parramatta and he'll get a chance to play in this new spine at the Bulldogs and they've recruited impressively. You know, you've got to say the Bulldogs have done really well to assemble the side they have. Um... I just don't know whether they can get to the finals this season, but they'll make a pretty good fist of it, I think. Yeah, you'd think so. Things are looking up there at Belmore, no doubt about that. Just a couple of texts here. Want to, people want to spruik their footy clubs. Registrations, because that time of the year for, uh, well, young, old, in between, if you want to get out and play footy again. Uh, Joe the Botany Battler says, Morty boys, welcome back. Bring on the rugby league season. Remember, registration's now open for the mighty Botany Rams football club. And also, uh, Darkman uh, says he's head coach at Blacktown Rugby Club this year. And they start their pre-season training on the 31st of January at Alwyn Linfield Reserve, 6.45pm. If there's any guys looking for a run in 2020, well, it says 2024, I'm sure you mean 23, come on down. You can hit me up via the club's Facebook page. Just go to Blacktown Rugby Club. Good on you, Duckman. Morning, Roger. 
Morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, really well, thank you. Uh, Alex D. Menor, his uh, face on the back page of the paper today says it all. Uh, Outclassed and had no answers for the Serbian champion last night. No, it was a major... It was a major, major uh, masterclass, wasn't it? It was, uh, you could tell Novak went out there and uh, from the start was just looking at his warm-up and the way he was going through that. And uh, he was he was really sort of uh, engaged in actually making sure he made the statement early. He going out there with a pro, obviously, uh, local crowd wanting to get behind Alex. And then, so you need to sort of quieten that all down. And the only way to quieten down is to, is to lead from the front and take and take charge. And Novak was very much like that. Gee, he was um, it's as good a ball striking as you'll see. There's no doubt about that. And just his movement patterns. And, you know, Novak's one of the only players that, well, there's not many players you'll watch ever that have such a, that hit the ball in the middle of the racket virtually all the time. They, he barely has a miss hit um, when he's, when he's playing, um, when he's playing tennis, it's quite an extraordinary. And he was not only his ball striking uh, d- direction, his depth of ball all the time. So he just strangled you. And there was nowhere in the court that you could hit the ball that where you thought you were going to get an advantage. And that's, you know, I'm not sure who that's like. I don't know what that's like in other sports, but, um, you know, it was pretty, it's a pretty daunting prospect. And uh, he was just, yeah, he, was just, he just showed why he's the, a, the big favourite. Rog, how did the injury pull up? And if he plays like that, surely no one can get close to him. Yeah, uh, the, he actually put his hand up and, and gave himself a full green light. He said he didn't feel it at all. So that's quite remarkable from two days ago where, um, you know, you're propping on a leg and, uh, you know, they were, he was losing his balance a few times and, and you know, there was, all, there was a whole lot more drama surrounding uh, what that looked like. You know, there were... There were people saying he play, he's only playing on one leg, and and then all of a sudden now you you know you've never you haven't felt it, and so and he ran powerfully, he propped, he exploded from those uh, negative defensive positions, and so the leg I think uh, he's put a line through that. Uh, that's a hundred percent on back and uh, extraordinary recovery, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then um, and who beats him? I think you know you've got to have the only way you can beat Novak is. Uh, when he's like in this form, and he's definitely got a pr- point to prove. He likes the me versus the rest concept, um, you know, the fighting mentality. Um, and uh, I just think you need to have you need to have be someone like Tsitsipas, who's who's got the big big weapons. He's got a big serve, big ground strokes. He can hit, he can hit you can hit it. He can hit clean winners off his off his forehand side. He's uh, very athletic coming forward and and all around the court. So he's quite dynamic and that type of player is really the only shot against Novak. You've got to have uh, something like that. So Sebastian Corder did it in Adelaide where he almost got him, and he's, he's that type of player as well. But if you're sort of a standard production player, uh, you've, you've got no chance. And that's why Nick Kyrgios is, you know, he's not, I know he's not playing, but that's why he damages the best. Um, and he's been able to beat the greats um, quite a few times is, is the fact that he's, he's different. And he's and, and and he's a disruptor. If we put the injury aside, Rog, has Novak yeah. improved uh, over the tournament, or was this just a return to his best last night? No, this is his best. Uh, this is his best tennis for the Australian summer by a long shot. And and I, I think Novak gauges, and we and you know he gauges himself, and that's why he made that comment as well. And and um, uh, during the call, I was 
you know, I was talking about how just his depth of ball, you know, he returns the ball when it's within a, within inside a metre of the baseline. There were so many of those that in his, his rally shot pushes you back, you know, into the back third of the court and, and he spreads you near the sidelines. And uh, so everything's so accurate. Um, and that's when he's playing at his best and his ability to change direction. So Novak virtually changes direction of the ball every second ball. Um, and not many players do that at all. So he's continually got you playing in different parts of the court and, and getting you moving, you covering more, more distance. So, yeah, he was, he was at his explosive best. It was, it was actually pretty fun to watch when, you know, when the, when the greats are doing their stuff at their, at their top end, uh, we, I think we all just sit there and go, oh, that's pretty cool. As far as uh, the wash-up for Demonor is concerned, I mean, how do you recover from a defeat like that? Because, you know, I guess it's just a, a sobering reality of how far, you know, there he is in the fourth round, but how far away you are. Yeah, look, and I think it's just, it is, it is. you're right, it's, you know, it's, it's just a reality. You know, like, you've got your greats of your game and, and they're, you know, they, they're, you know they're doing what they do, and then you're you've got you just got to give yourself an opportunity. If you get yourself to a second week of some majors, and you have those experience, and you know there are some parts of the draw that have opened, you know totally right up. There's a you know there's a young American Ben Shelton who's in his first trip overseas outside of America. He was you know this time last year he was ranked 500 in June last year he was 500 in the world. Uh, he's going to be in the top 50 in the world, so um, he's barely got on the professional professional tour um and i mean barely it's it's quite extraordinary and he's he's you know he's an american he's playing another american tommy paul and they're in the quarterfinals so you hope you hope that maybe a door opens and you have that that bit experience so for for demon it was you know there, there's also i don't know you might sit back and think oh wow that was pretty cool i was at the back end i was on the other side of Novak at his best wow that's pretty impressive you know i, I don't know you know you you're not going to you're not going to spend too much time over it uh, because there was nothing Demon can do. He, he put his head down from first ball to last ball. And that was, uh, as we've always known, he, he gives everything and, and that's all he could do. And, and then he was a passenger really just to, um, not enjoying the ride, but for, for being part of that ride. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to take your hat off to the opposition. They've just played yeah. well. They, they, he, yeah. he just played fantastically well last night. And I doubt whether anyone would have beaten him. Yeah. Um, the, way, no, I, the way that he played. Yeah, he's 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 unbeatable in this tournament if he plays at that level. If he's you know if he's moving that well and he seems that um, you know you've got to and and the and the, the hardest part is five sets. So you can beat you can beat the greats in in three set tennis matches. You can play you can get hot for an hour and a half, hour and a bit. Um, you know, and you're up a set and a break and you can hold on. But um, but to do it where you've got to actually get hot for about three hours. Um, three or four hours, it's a it's a hard proposition because they they problem solve so well and they have moments where they'll just take you know take the racket out of your hand. So yeah, that was pretty impressive. Well, you there, Rog? Yeah. Sorry, buddy. I had a message this morning just in and around, <clears throat> excuse me, tennis in this country and where it's going and um, you know our, our superstars or our role model. Mate, mate, where do you see tennis in the country? Again, obviously, an injury to Nick Kyrgios. Uh, doesn't help um, the Australian Open this year, but are we producing both men and women enough talent? And you know, have we got idols for our young boys and girls um, that want to play tennis at the highest level to look up to? Uh, yeah, it's, it's look, it's an interesting question. I, you know, I guess every sport sort of uh, travels down this road 
you know, what are idols these days? I don't know what the I don't know what the real young kids look up to anymore. You know, like what, what what's their what what do they enjoy looking at and watching? I guess that's the first thing. You've almost got to you almost got to do a poll and, and work out what they what they gravitate to. Um, you know, a young ten year old, what are they eight year old, twelve year old? What do they gravitate to these days? Um, as far as people that they admire, it probably goes a little bit from their upbringing, but also. You know, also the world's changed a little bit in that in that sort of respect. So, do we have do we have a lot coming through? I wouldn't say we've got. You know, we've got we've got busloads, um, and uh, that can come through. And at the moment, and we've you know we've, so yeah, we're, we're probably we're probably a bit thin. There's no doubt about that. We've you know I've been walking around the juniors. There's some good juniors out there. Uh, there's also you know there's there's also uh, a lot to do. I think in in um, in player development and, and the elite development pathway, I think there's uh, a lot more uh, to do there. So yeah, so I think we're yeah we're probably not at uh, we're not in the, in the healthiest position, but uh, we're like a lot of other sports where you know we're all fighting against each other to get the athlete you know to get the to get the um, to get those athletes, aren't we? How do these women's singles games pan out today, Rog? Pretty excited by the, uh, the women's draw. It's um, there's some there's some good opportunities. No. No doubt. I mean, if you're uh, you're looking at the women's draw today, right, right, Bikina and Ostapenko. That's um, again. There, there's some interesting. Uh, Rabakina beat uh, Schweitek, the number one seed. Has, she's she's the Wimbledon champion. Uh, so um, so you know. So so I think Ostapenko is going to have her work cut out for her there. Uh, Fagula. I'm not sure if you know Fagula's story. Her dad owns the NFL Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Um, and so she's um, she's the third player in the world. She's number three in doubles as well. So that's a great feat in itself. You can show her that shows her credibility. She takes on Victoria Azarenka. They know each other extremely well. Um, I, I lean slightly to Pagula, but she's going to have to face the demons of not being past the quarterfinals ever. So she's she's been in a bunch of quarterfinals and hasn't been able to get past this stage. So that's I guess that's the most telling thing for her. Is she is she ready and prepared to? Uh, step through and get through to a semi-finals. I think she is. Um, and, um, yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that match. Thank you, Rog. Thanks, boys. It should be a good showdown as we close in. There's some interesting stories being written on, on both sides and, uh, and and we're looking forward to how it closes, closes in towards the weekend. Just had a text earlier. I think it was Polar from Balgala going, boys, can we have an update on your horses? So you, get, you did tell us early oh. this morning, Foxy, Cleopatra. A couple more weeks, and then she should be back having a little bit of a trot around. And the Queensland Park. Queensland is, Park, yep. This prep for her, isn't yep. it? And pretty wild after. She had a little... Just, you know, oh, she had a stinker. She, yeah, we didn't love her last round. No, she we? had a stinker, you know. Mm. Um, what's she doing at the front as well? <laughs> love back it. There. Here he goes. He's blowing youngster? up. Youngster? Well, you're not the leader yet. You're a youngster. Get back in the pack and oh. earn your stripes. I think she's better ridden quiet. <laughs> oh, you reckon? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I wasn't happy. I need a new TV after losing the remote. <laughs> um, she had a little niggle, uh, but she's on the mend. Okay, on so the mend. yeah, I don't think she's far away. Actually, I'll um, beautiful. I'll find out more this week before this week ends. I'll give you a little update. Of course, it's sales season, and uh, the catalogue for well, Inglis's Easter Yearling Sale, the big sale coming uh, up in April. That catalogue is out. And joining us now is the Chief Executive of Inglis Bloodstock, Sebastian Hutch. Sebastian, good morning to you. 
Gents, this is one of the most important calls I take all year. <laughs> Tell us why. No more greater influence exercised over the market than what you three <laughs> Different parts of the market, buddy, at this stage, let me tell you. If they all count, they all count. <laughs> For those, I guess, who aren't as familiar with the sales, then tell us what separates this sale apart, Sebastian. Uh, this sale, what's exciting about this sale is this sale has a greater history of producing good horses than, you know, arguably any other sale in the world. You know, it's been uh, the most famous yearling sale in Australia forever and a day. Uh, the best breeders target the sale every year with their best horses. It's renowned as being the best of the best. And uh, year after year, you watch big races uh, in Australia or abroad, and you see horses that are graduates of this sale win big races. It's it's a pretty cool sale. Uh, it's two days this year. It's 457 yearlings catalogued. And people go to the sale hoping to try and find the next Home Affairs, the next She's Extreme, you know, the next Autumn Sun, you know, just to honor roll of graduates of sale is fantastic and I think that's why people get really excited about it. Many progeny of first season size will be represented at all here, Sebastian? Yeah, so I mean it's a big group of first season horses this year um, and while Easter's traditionally renowned as being a sale where people go or go to buy the best progeny of proven standards and proven producers this year their yearlings were like too darn hot, Blue Point, yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool to have Castle Vecchio to Miss Finland in the sale. You know, really lucky to have a yearling like that in the sale. She was obviously a phenomenal race mare, and he was a fantastic racehorse with his first yearlings this year. So he's another first season stallion represented in the book. Uh, there, there are a number of them. I mean, the, the book is essentially a who's who of the yearling crop of 2023. So uh, it's it's pretty enjoyable reading. Is there one that stands out? Um, look, the... I don't like singling them out, but there's a pretty cool horse in the catalogue. He's a ridden tycoon called out of Shoals uh, that Arfield are offering. Shoals, obviously, a brilliant race mare. She won, I think she won three group ones. Uh, you know, I think we all thought she was going to win an Everest one year. She ran wicked time two weeks before the Everest uh, a few years ago and maybe just flattened herself. But um, she was a fantastic race mare with a beautiful pedigree, and he's a he's a pretty cool horse. But like right the way through the pedigree, I think, or excuse me, right the way through the catalogue, there's some race mares that people remember very fondly, you know, whether it's uh, Dixie Blossoms or Catchy, Miss Finland, uh, Invincibella, Formality, you know, there's a legion of them and they all have yearlings in the sale. You know, I think there aren't too many instances where you turn a page of the catalogue and not recognise the dam or a sibling of the horse in the catalogue. So I think that's why people get really excited about it in particular. Sebastian, what's the feeling on how the market will perform this year after what's been an enormous few years, record-breaking years for Inglis? Oh, look, I think the um, I think the reality is that for people who want to try and buy value horses, it's going to be easier in 2023 than what it was in 2022. You know, I think just uh, there'll be opportunities that present themselves through this calendar year that you know maybe weren't as frequent in 22. And I think at sales like Easter, that's particularly pertinent because. While the expensive horses get all the headlines, you know, uh, Tim Wilson and Ash Dowley went to Easter a few years ago and bought a filly called Aristia for 80 grand. Mm -hmm. She won an Oaks. Ollie Kuhlman bought Funstar for 80 grand at Easter. She won a Flight Stakes and was sold for 2.75 million as a broodmare to Japan. 
you know, there, there are opportunities there. It's just like anything in life. You've got to be patient, do the work, but they're definitely there to be found. And I think, um, I think those people who approach a sale with that sort of attitude will be well rewarded. Okay, so am I right? Third and fourth of April, correct? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're looking forward to seeing you all there, front row seats. Oh, we'll be there. Mm. We'll be there. I'll be celebrating. Even if I'm not invited, Sebastian, you know I always <laughs> just rock up. It's an open invitation for you. You know that. You know that. It's a given for me. Okay, third and fourth, and yeah, encourage people to. Get to Warwick Farm to the to the complex, the Riverside complex, and have a look. It is a great day out, and uh, also we've got the Inglis Millennium, of course, in a couple of weeks there at Royal Randwick as well, eleventh of Feb. Just just to touch on something you said about getting out to the complex, we're in a very lucky position in our sport, in that the main protagonists in the sport are amongst the most approachable sports people you ever meet. I mean, if if you like racing. You know, all the trainers will be at the sale. You know, they're all happy to have it. I mean, okay, they're working the sale, but they're all there, happy to have a chat. Like, it's a great opportunity to meet people. Some of the jockeys come out. You know, a lot of the big owners are there. You know, if you want to go out and meet people who are the main protagonists in our sport, it's a great opportunity to go and do it, whether you do it at the sale or at the races. I think it's definitely one of the best things about our sport. It certainly is. Um, and another opportunity will be at the Millennium. You know, the, the race is taking shape of, you know, we issued a new... Um, Order of entry yesterday. I know there are a number of owners looking nervously at it, trying to work out uh, whether they're going to get a run or not. Um, it looks like a, it's look like it's making up into a really interesting race, as you'd expect for a two million dollar race. And uh, we have the added incentive this year of a number of the horses racing for a four hundred thousand dollar pink bonus. So it's uh, it's going to be pretty exciting, I think. Sebastian, thank you so much. Gents, really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you over the next few weeks. Second half between Fulham and Tottenham at Craven Cottage and Tottenham leading 1-0 in a London derby. Now, uh, Harry Kane has scored the goal in first half stoppage time and uh, it's been a record-breaking goal for Harry Kane. He's equaled Jimmy Greaves as the all-time top scorer for Tottenham. And I think it's 260-odd goals. I've just lost it in front of me here, but it's uh, yeah, a record-breaking goal there for Harry Kane, and he's 199th Premier League goal. He has been prolific, hasn't he, the Spurs striker? So 1-0, Spurs over Why Fulham. Why has there always been talk, I reckon, about the last 18 months, two years, that he, he will leave? Yeah. There's always been speculation about Harry Kane. He wants to leave or... They're looking, you know, well, he'd be after a transfer for trophies. Yeah. Hmm. But you know, he's but so never... great. He's extremely well paid. <laughs> but he's a legend at Tottenham, isn't he? Oh, well. So would you want to? And he'd be getting paid very, very handsomely. They want to win trophies, lots. And, yeah, and I, I, when it's mate, Spurs, I, they want to be playing in the Champions 100% League. Hundred percent, I get that. But I'm just wondering at that stage, are you thinking let's stay and try and win one here? Build my legacy even further, or do you mm. go to a big club trying to win it? Of course, they made a Champions League final. They lost to Liverpool. Unlucky rubber ducky. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, it's been pretty barren as far as trophies for that club's been concerned. There and thereabouts. But how does your team struggle. ever win though if your best players leave? Like I, I understand. I'm all for you want to play in the big games, in the finals and all that. But doesn't it get a stage where you go, okay, then I, I do want to play in the big games, but I want my team to play in the big games. So I'm going to stay here. Hopefully we recruit. Hopefully we get better. And isn't that – like what's happened to that loyalty for your club? Well, I guess 
the point with Harry Kane is he has stayed. Yeah, no, and that's mm-hmm. what. I, but I love that. So surely his attitude. Well, there must be a part of him that says, "No, nah, uh, yeah, of course I want to play in the big games, but I want my team. I want this team to make it." And if if all the best players, as soon as their team, the t- the team you play in allows you on that stage, you become the player you are, and then go see you later, club. I'm going to go play for, you know, Liverpool, City, United, whatever. You never you're never going to take your club to higher honours. Does that? Come into it at any like are, they, are those days gone? Um, well, so much. No, the problem, problem yes, is in football, yes, possibly. That's so much, yeah. so shame, much right? of it in in football with big clubs in Europe is the investment of your owners, and whether your owners want to pay those outrageous mm. transfer fees to bring the best players, the best emerging players yeah. in the world to your club from another club under contract where they mm. are playing. Yeah. Outrageous transfer fees, hundred million euros, yeah, etc. So there's only four clubs that can win it, is what you're saying? Well, yeah. Well, Arsenal, if they go on and win it this year, that's something new. They haven't yeah. won it for a long time. But that's my point. A couple that's, of years ago, yeah. Well, Leicester's that, one that, of the great right. stories that, of all that, time. But that's my point. That's yeah. why if I'm, a, mm. you know, if I'm Harry Kane, I'm trying to be he's, a Leicester. He's not yeah. getting. It's not like he's going to get an extra. Mate, Harry Kane, money's not going to be an issue. He's making plenty. Yeah. He's not going to make, you know, an extra hundred million a year going to another club. I wouldn't have thought. No. Well, so Tottenham, he's getting Tottenham will pay him top dollar. That's exactly right. So surely he must be sitting there going, you know what? I want this club to make the final. I want this club to play in the big yeah. games. Yeah, and he leaves a stronger legacy. Definitely. Imagine if he can. Imagine if, like, isn't that why we we idolise Michael Jordan? No, what, yes, he was a freak on his own, but how many? How many? Massive games did he win with Chicago Bulls? How good was Chicago Bulls? The interesting thing with Jordan too, because he had that little stick. He wins the Washington six. Wizards at the end. Oh yeah, no one sort of remembers yeah. it Didn't or happen. chooses not yeah. to remember it. Did they win six? The Bulls six titles. That's when, like that's when, surely that is part of it. Not just how good Jordan was. <laughs> the fact that he won six titles, six titles for the yeah. Bulls. Oh, just the oh, whole story. The fact no. that he left after the third title and yeah. went and played. Minor league baseball. baseball. What a freak. Incredible. A freak. And then, Best oh no, ever. this isn't working out. Goes back and wins another three titles. Amazing. I just think, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Matt, like, like you said, Loz, maybe those days are gone. Yeah, but, I, well, I don't Mitch, know, Mitch but... Moses now, right? There's an opportunity for mm. him to go to other teams for certainly the same money, probably more money. Does he in this instance, go, no, I want Parramatta to win a grand final and I'm staying here to do that. Or does he say, no, I'm going to uh, the Bulldogs for an extra 200 grand or the Tigers for an extra 300 grand? Yeah. Well, getting back to what we were speaking about, say, with Harry Kane, at the end of the day, and depending on where you are in your career, and I reckon more so at the back end of the career, you want to win. You want to go somewhere where you're winning titles or the best chance of winning titles. Um, and you look at what Munster did. Munster sacrificed money because he knew going to the Redcliffe Dolphins, possibly they're not going to win a competition, mm. certainly not in the first five years. Mm. And he might only have five years left in his career. So at the end of your career, if you're playing in a side that's not winning or competing for competitions, it can become overbearing if you're yeah, the course. number one player, you know, because you want to have that success. And mm. I, I think if you can stay in a group and have 
sustain success and, and win comps. You can't put a price on You that. can't put a price yeah, on that. Yeah, no. I agree with that. We've got Robbo on the line. G'day, Robbo. G'day, boys, and happy new year to all of you. you Same too, to you, Robbo. Right? You too, mate. And heroes and villains, I'll just quickly on that before I get on other subjects. Heroes, you, Blake's because you're back. Oh, That's thank the, you. It's nice to be back. It was buddy. heroic. <laughs> it, it was heroic. <laughs> 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 and, and villains, as you blokes again, you're not having that much time off. You're coming back on the 2nd of January this year or next year. It was a long no. break, wasn't it? It felt like don't a long break. Don't say that. Well, it was. Hmm. Don't I don't know about that. the 2nd of January, though, Robert. No, to be All oh, right, you have, you have four more days after that. Yeah. The second Wasn't I got our beers at the cricket? Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, on Demon Hall last night, uh, yeah, he was totally outclassed. Uh, um, but, you know... I'm not curious. That kid stuck in there last night. He didn't tank it at any point. He kept trying and trying, but he was just totally outclassed. And it was, and he admitted it, and which was good. Uh, he'll learn a lot of lessons from that. Which, uh, and I think he's he's more of a hope than uh, that other goose. So, I, I, you know, if that had been curious and he was getting a lesson like that, he would have tanked it. There's no question about that. He's done it so many times before. Uh, on to um, Rugby League, and I can't wait for it to start like a thousand thousand of other people. Um, I was listening to um, who was it you had on uh, uh, before? Clint Newton? Uh, Clint, yeah, sorry, uh, talking about um, all yeah, what they want and that. But he made some silly comments and saying that how rugby was in front of them and, and AFL... He forgot the fact that rugby league players have been paid for a lot longer as a professional game than any than rugby and, and those games. They I have think been, he's talking across the board about the conditions of the CBA. That's right. And but, how wide-ranging yeah. the CBA is. I think that was the point. That's how I took it anyway, is what he was trying yeah, well, to say. Well, I, I took it slightly different, um, but then again, they, they've sat back for years and years and years, rugby league players, broken contracts for more money here and there and everything, suddenly the game has become more sensitive to the needs of retiring and injured mm. players. And now they're starting to wake up, well, it shouldn't all be going in my well, my pocket. As you were just talking about, players changing for more money and not changing for more money. They want to get more things. But to make a comment that you know, we're behind when rugby league players themselves have been paid lots of money over a lot longer period, and they've only just woken up to the fact that they've got to go, and they want to move a hundred mile an hour to get it to. Maybe we should; they should step slowly, but in a, you know, advance in a slower um, way, and people would appreciate what they're trying to do more than than declaring, "Oh, we're going to go on strike," or the strike action could happen if we don't get our way. You know, I just think they're they're approaching it um, not in a conciliatory manner. What do you think? Um, again, I, I, I think if you look at both parties at the moment, it seems like they're far apart. But I reckon there'd be some negotiations going on. And I know that Clint's a tough, um, you know, taskmaster and um, he will refuse to, to budge. And then you've got Andrew Abdo and, 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 and Peter Valandis who have proven themselves over a long period of time that, they're very strong in what they believe in. So there's got to be a bit of give and take. And the Players Association, they're not going to win everything that they're after. And if they think they are, well, the only 
possibility they will have to try and win everything is strike action. But I can't see them doing that. I think there's a lot of rhetoric around the CBA, and I think that when we, we seem as though it's far away, but I reckon we'll have something done because I don't think they can drag it on into the season because I reckon then the deeper we get into the year, you know, you're getting around representative football time and I reckon representative football, if it, if it comes to the crunch, that'll be the one that's affected rather than the premiership. DS. Great to see the three of you. Isn't it great to see the three of you? I've been here all summer holding the fort. Have you not had a break at all? No, no, I haven't had a break. You're saving you it right for through. the mid-year wedding, mm. aren't you? Over Save, yeah, we're going to go to this, this wedding in Italy. Oh, you've got to go to it. Like, <laughs> I've got to go. No, yeah. no. It, isn't it, isn't it yours? Time. No. <laughs> How long are you going for? I've got to go four weeks to Italy. What a shame. You've got to go. Yeah. Just got to go. Turning what into, month? They don't listen, but there's a bit of bridezilla and groomzilla about it. Everything's just getting out of control. What month are you going? June. June. Perfect. But it's just like, actually, here's something. They won't be listening to this. Um, so they're spending a fortune, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, you've, we've all got mates, right? When people spend a fortune on something, mm-hmm. right, and then they want to complain that they've got no money or they can't do things, <laughs> does it wear thin? Like, like there's, there's obviously a bit of, like, complaining about, oh, yeah. we've just got no money. I feel like saying, well, why are you spending... Why did you spend the money over Why are you there, spending yeah. it on, uh, in, in another place? Yeah. Are you confident this relationship will last? Yeah, I think it will. Right. I think it will. I'm a bit. I'm. I'm a. I'm a groomsman, and I'm a bit filthy right. because I thought linen shirt. You know, apparently I've never been to Italy before, yeah, but it's in uh, in Florence. I think it's in Florence. <laughs> so it's up Tuscany. <laughs> yeah, way. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. quite hot. Look where you flight? It's where, quite. You know, hot. you flying to flight into, mate? And then. Uh, <laughs> But it's I tuxedo. Think it's in Florence. It's a tuxedo wedding. No, so oh, be, June will be nice, that's mate. A, see that there? Mid-O June will be nice. No, June will be nice. There's 80. 80 yeah, going. Yeah. But there, a few people are dropping like 26, flies. 28 degrees. A couple of her friends are starting, you know, being got, got pregnant and got other plans because it's quite costly to go over there. So yeah, there's yeah, a bit mate. of drama. Yeah. And then here's another thing too. Gee, I'm throwing these mob under the bus today. Yeah. This Jeez, I hope they're listening. I might not be going. Now, we're spending all this money to go there, but then there's a demand of a present as well. Yeah. Now, do you still get the present? A hundred you get the present. <laughs> yeah, hang on. Clarky's gone mm. tick. Laurie's thinking. A hundred. <laughs> Mido's just still on the tuxedo thinking. Even if they say, don't get me a present, you definitely yeah, get a present. You have to. That's well, yeah, we're still going to get them. You but do you know, think... Your presents is enough. Yeah, but well, what if... Yeah, exactly. You That's what I have to do. you got to get them a gift. But then also, too, there was a conversation that if the presents weren't bought... There would be well, that's that's it. We we'd just be really disappointed in those people. This was around like a dinner party, and I'm just sitting there. What you'd be disappointed? Right. If they, yeah, if they didn't just get a present, if they fronted. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Well, no, you're taking the wedding yeah. overseas. Yeah, you're I'll not, tell you what, I'll, I'll just not be, be going. Yeah, yeah I agree. Soon. You're yeah. not asking for a no, present, no. but if you're going, yeah. you should no, you still might, buy you a present. Buy a little present, but you're not going to spend a great deal. No, you're paying your flight and your accommodation and all sorts. That's what I mean. No, it's I tell you, it's bloody expensive. But I've thrown a spanner in the works. Because uh, sounds like you know, you're not just going for the wedding either. You'll be there for four weeks. Well, the no, wedding's one day, mate. I've now since realised Marlo and I have realised that. Uh, oh, you're there together, Marlo. Oh, Marlo, what are you doing here? Marlo. <laughs> oh, and we're rooming next to each other at the same yes. hotel. Who would have thought? Wait, wait. What a wait, coincidence! Wait, wait. So Marlo sent me this message. <laughs> Gee, I'm I'm just throwing it under the bus this morning. Um, he goes, Ibiza. 
We're going to go to Ibiza. Mum oh, so is he at the same wedding? He's at the same wedding. Oh, my He's at the God. Same wedding. Seriously. We'll and then it. we're thinking uh, possibly because the races are on, a bit of Royal Ascot. Could we represent Sky Sports Radio? And you can represent whoever you want. <laughs> you are going to have a wow of a time. And then the Ashes <laughs> as well. Mate, see you over there. Yeah, I reckon that's the go. Yeah. Now, trip. I've got to ask you, Laurie. You've dodged a bullet, yes, David. Why? What about his social media activity over the well, summer yeah, break? Did that? Had, did that? Has that come up? up? He's yeah, just been very up. good. What about sitting on the beach in the deck chair? Very good, wasn't it? Was it was one day where extended. someone got a hold yeah, of his phone. Creative. 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 Nice filters as well. Yeah. I was looking fat. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's up. up. What, what, what do you want to look like? A twig? He's extraordinarily no, I want to look strong. Like I've got a good You're, You're looking strong. Actually, I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I will, because we like a bit of confidence boost. I've been up in Bundaberg mm-hmm. seeing my grandmother, who hasn't been too well. And yesterday, I was at the airport. This is true. I was at the airport waiting at Bundaberg Terminal, and you three, obviously your faces have been appearing everywhere, right? Why? Laurie, Laurie Wright, there's this lady. She was an older lady, but she said, gee, that Laurie Daly is still a good sort. I'm not kidding. How old? She was old. How old? (laughs) She was old. How old? 90s? She was... (laughs) You've yeah, still, got it, you. You've <laughs> still got it, mate. I'll tell you. You've still got it. Oh, dear. <laughs> hey, have you had a fellas for two thousand? You know, oh, a wine yes. up from Jono? Yes, we've got By the way, a Sapphire Coast is on the program. That's a true. I'm not kidding. You've still got it, Loz. Um, <laughs> Sapphire Coast is on this it. weekend. I'm going down with Marlo. Me mate Marlo. We're going the Sapphire Coast for the Calcutta yeah. and the Big Cup. Rob Tweedy is going to join us. Plus Richard Calendar. And, boys, it's good to have you all back. Good to have you, too. We're going to have a big year. Um, bloody yeah. oath we are. Yeah, bloody oath. <laughs> Run through yeah. walls. <laughs> Can't wait to meet a few more 90 year olds. <laughs> 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 See you, boys. <laughs>